What's up and welcome to a new episode of Movie Schmovie. Uh, this is episode 188. I'm Steve. I'm John. I'm Ron. Yeah, you'll, you'll notice that we're on today because uh, this is one of our uh, ever fascinating and interesting attempts to record this podcast from our respective homes. So uh, John will probably do his magic on the mix and everything to make it sound as good as possible, but we apologize in advance if if uh, there's any quality drops from us using our own equipment for this special episode. Yes, we are recording remotely. We've we've taken to calling these phoners without really explaining what we mean by that. So if you ever hear us say phoner, that's what we mean, that we're all in different places. And actually, it's been so long since we've been in the same room. I was thinking of a past phoner that we had, probably our first one. Um, and just I just wanted you guys to know that in honor of our first phoner, I am bottom naked. Oh, man. Very good. Congratulations. Bottom naked is the mm-hmm. best thing, especially on a nice surface, a soft surface. I think a hard surface actually would be better because it seems to me that like if you're going bottom naked on a fabric, then you're not really taking care of your fabrics as best you could, you know? That's true. That's true. <laughs> if you're on a hard surface, it feels like um, like a gargoyle on the side of a church is holding your balls. Right, exactly. You know how that is. Yeah, first thing that comes to mind immediately, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how's everybody's April going so far? I, we really, I don't know if it was exactly a month ago, but I think it was coming up on a month ago when we last crossed paths. Yeah, man, it's been a, it's been a, a quick month. I mean, I think it timed out where, like, Ronald went away, then I went away, then you went away. So now it's like we had enough bank to tide us over, you know, with our schedule. So now... And trying to keep with that, trying to get this uh, this phoner together to talk about some of uh, our summer movies that we're looking forward to. It's I, I was super looking forward to it all week. Like it was, I was glad that we were able to kind of get something together so that we could stay on schedule and you know talk about what we're looking forward to because there's there's quite a bit coming out this summer. I have to say, there's a lot of stuff coming out this summer, but it's kind of clustered around a few of the months. Once we get into August, I found that it was very slim pickings as far as anything that really looked great to me, but we'll we'll get to that. Sure, sure. I can get us started, or someone else can? Yeah, let's just jump into it. Let's, let's talk about May. All right. Let's talk about May. May, May. Um, let's talk about you and May. Right. <laughs> I will say that with, with May... There were two big ones that I was like, well, I really don't know which one to say. So um, I guess I'll take the undercard and, and push that one forward and say that I'm really, really, really curious about what Alien Covenant is going to be when it hits theaters on May 19th. Um, I think, Ronald, you were also a fan of Prometheus, or at I least was. the possibilities of Prometheus and the things that are good about that movie. I know that people have violent hatred for that movie because of the various ways that it seemed dumb, or and definitely on the screenplay level, it had issues but i still think visually it was full of just really interesting things that that make your imagination fire up and the possibilities of where they may go with this next one which seems like a, a much more straight up action horror film it almost seems like ridley scott doing his riff on aliens you know um uh i'm just very intrigued by it and i think the cast looks interesting and i'm ready to be freaked out and all of the stuff that I love about the first Alien and that I did enjoy about Prometheus. So um, uh, with all the flaws of that movie, I, I can believe they may have course-corrected and made something more cohesive that doesn't have quite as many leaps of logic that just eventually kind of, uh, you know, can spoil a movie for you. Right. Gotcha. 
Now that, that looks that, that does look really good to me. Like I I and it probably I don't know like it, maybe it appeals to me more because it seems like it's kind of settling back into the alien like lane a little more. Yeah, it's yeah. it's interesting to me like how averse they were to it when they were promoting and releasing Prometheus to like not blatantly accept or promote that it was like. I mean, everybody knew it, and like you know, eventually it was it was you know discussed in such a manner. But like, they were kind of like a version. They had like this aversion to like saying that it was some sort of prequel or like saying that it was like in this alien world. Like they said it was, but they weren't like they weren't embracing it. I feel like like this film looks like it's totally embracing it. Like there's some sort of like change of direction or like maybe learning what did and did not work with Prometheus or whatever. But it just seems like this is like really going for, uh, like somebody that obviously loves Alien and Aliens or the whole franchise, but like maybe somebody that felt. I guess what I'm saying is myself, like where I didn't love Prometheus uh, or really like it even that much, but this one seems like everything I've watched for this one, you know, is I'm five times as interested in this as than I was in Prometheus leading up to that one's release. You know what I'm saying? I think you're right that they sort of tried to do not what you would have expected with a straight prequel when they did Prometheus. And I think yeah. half of that was really interesting and good. And half of that was that kind of step in a direction just to be unexpected or just to be mysterious. Sure. And I think in a weird way what they're doing <clears throat> with this one, which I, which I don't really care that much about. I don't really care that much about connecting directly up to the beginning of the the first movie. You know, I don't really right, right, right. I didn't really I didn't really like it when Rogue One did that with A New Hope. I don't need movies to do that. That's not what interests me. What interests me is the sort of general sci-fi concepts of <clears> like <throat> this evil android who seems to have taken over a world and what he might have done with like, you know, genetic experiments and and just how much of the world that they're landing on in this film is weaponized against them. And sure. uh, just awful awful things happening to guys in this, you know, cool-looking gear shot by Ridley Scott with all the color correction. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just feel like there's room for this movie to be really visually appealing and really creepy. It does look like it returns to the notion of there's a singular creature or maybe a couple creatures that are chasing you. But I kind of feel like every time Ridley Scott talks about it, he talks like that's what he's trying to do, is to link up with the with the original films. Right. So we'll see. At least if it's going to be a prequel. At least, at least if it's going to lead to this world that it's going to look gorgeous and be pretty good at telling the story. It's just something about, I, 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 again, like the remix thing. You know, I have a a, a hate of, pre, of remix. But if a prequel does a thing well, if a thing does a thing well, I'm willing to accept it. So if it's a good prequel, eh, I'm, I'm good with it. But just like with a sequel, you want it to be its own movie. Yeah. Um, and the one thing that's kind of good about the, the experience of Prometheus not being totally well-received is that it might mean that Ridley Scott feels like he has something to prove, and it might mean everybody just kind of showed up ready to make a, a more, uh, I don't know, crowd-pleasing film. And it really does look like it's got this, those kind of moments. But I sure hope one of you guys mentions the other movie that I was uh, that to me just felt too obvious for me. Uh, yeah, so... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, my my pick is definitely Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Oh, thank God. Okay, good. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. I mean, this is, like, uh, one of my top, you know, anticipated movies of the year. One of my favorite Marvel movies. I, I... I, if not my favorite, probably my favorite. Like, I, I can't wait to see what this sequel is. I can't wait to see the characters. 
where, you know, Alien Covenant will surely have its own lack of probably color palette. This one will probably have every color possible in it. So that's also, it's just so, it's so fun. It's so exciting. I, I just, I'm so excited to see, not just to see it. It's like we, we, we talked about it the year this came out. Like we did our end of year, like just to experience. Like I feel like I had an experience watching Guardians of the Galaxy in the theater. And I just, you know, not that I'm expecting the same thing. Um, but I just, that's the kind of film where I feel like I can experience it in the theater again and see a film that I'm going to really enjoy and, and love seeing what happens with the characters and really just enjoy like a filmmaker who is like in the pocket and like knows know. what you he's love doing a hundred percent with this property and like completely confident that it's going to be awesome. Yeah. And everybody, I mean, I wonder sometimes if the hype you, you wonder about the hype. We always wonder about the hype. But everything I hear is people having a really fun time and a really positive experience with this film and how at the press screening there was there was more laughter from the crowd than than they've ever heard and all this kind of stuff. And it just seems so hyperbolic. Like the in, the inside the company testing of the film too was off the charts when they were doing the early tests of the film. Yeah, it was like the best it was like it was like the best one ever tested, right? Like that's what I'd read. Right. So it's just it, that almost sounds like, well, how could it be that good? But I agree with you, Steve. James Gunn seems like a guy who really is enjoying this moment. Like, he's so upbeat about everything about making this movie. I saw where someone asked him if there was more pressure making this because the first one was such a hit. And he said, no, it was less pressure because the first one was such a hit. Yeah. <laughs> he knew people were waiting for this. Totally. What about you, Ronald? Um, my pick is one of the greatest directors of all time. I said it. Um, hailing from the UK, Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie's... <laughs> Guy Ritchie's play on uh, King Arthur. I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. He hasn't failed me too often. I, I like a lot of his movies. Um, I think that he's good at telling stories. He's good at shooting action, and he's supposed to do Aladdin for Disney. Yeah, he is. Yeah, which is really interesting. I'm not very really? sure about uh, Will Smith. Yeah, he, yeah, he's attached to Aladdin. Yeah, I'm not sure about the Will Smith the- casting. But yeah, I was about to say Will Smith and Guy Ritchie. Now, now that's really uh, an odd. Pairing. It's strange, I right? About Will Smith. Um, yeah, very odd. I think that he's he's a good enough storyteller that I think that this will wind up being a pretty cool movie. Um, I think about um, the year that um, the Man from Uncle came out in 2015. Um, if I'm not mistaken, didn't a Bond movie come out 2015? Or close to that. It was close to that. It was around that time. Skyfall? Skyfall. Or or what was that last one that came out? I don't even remember the last Bond movie. Right, 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 right. Um, hmm, let me look. Spectre was the last one, right? Spectre, yes. yeah, that's Spectre. that's the one. Yeah, Spectre. That's the one I didn't see. Was it any good? Okay, so Spectre came out in 2015, the same year that The Man from Uncle came out, and that was the one I thought about more. It was just... The movie that the Bond movie couldn't be, it, it kind of played on that same time period. It it didn't take it tell, itself too seriously, but still had a lot of really cool action. I think that um, Guy Ritchie doing this movie is going to be pretty cool. So that is my pick. I mean, besides the obvious Guardians of the Galaxy, because I know all, all of us are like clawing to see this movie. But if if I were not to pick that one, it would be... Uh, the King Arthur movie. So. But I'm curious about King Arthur, Ronald. I, I don't know. Um, the the trailers seem like they're selling that kind of like, here's a 
badass take on this legend, you know? <laughs> so I'm, I'm very curious how it actually turns out. Yeah, yeah. But I do think, like, Jude Law, I like, I usually like him. And I Charlie Hunnam, Law, I'm sort of 50-50 on, so. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. How do you think King Arthur looks, Steve? Um, You know, I, I'll watch it. I think it looks fun. It, it does look like that kind of, like, sensationalized Guy Ritchie-looking thing. I, I actually was thinking, I really liked The Man from Uncle that he did a few years back. It's, like, very underseen. I thought that was a lot of fun. But, um... Yeah, that's what I was... I was saying about how it compared to Bond, the movie that it came out. It was better. It was a better movie. Right, right. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's interesting. I feel like that movie, I, I honestly think that movie might end up being like one of the biggest bombs of the summer. But I, I, I don't know that there's like an, I don't know that the audience is there for it, um, especially around what it's coming out with. But, uh, yeah, I hear you. And that, and I think that they're really still trying to make Charlie Hunnam happen. Like, beyond being on <laughs> Sons of Anarchy and, like, a TV star. Like, the dude has had... And you know what? I like him a lot. Like, I got to, I got to meet him during press junkets for Cold Mountain that he was in. He's an awesome guy. Oh, wow. And I, like, really wish he would be, like, super successful. But, like, it seems like every movie he's in, like, nothing happens with it. Like, it just seems like he can't... I mean, even though Pacific Rim is getting a sequel, like, that was not a star-making movie for him like they thought it would be. And right. And I don't know that this will either, but... Trailer looks fun, so I'll, I'll definitely check it out. Cool. So we're on the June, right? Yes, sir. Um, now, my list had a shakeup towards the end of the day when I realized that a movie that I thought was coming out in August had been bumped back Ooh. to June. So, yes, yeah, so I know a lot that of one. Action in June, but I believe this. I believe this movie now comes out on June 9th. Oh, I'm thinking of something um, else. It's a movie I'm really 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 curious about based on the trailer um the movie that it knocked out of my june slot is actually a charming looking movie so i i I hope i hope we get to at least recognize it but it's it it comes at night which uh which was it's another a24 film you know we've come to enjoy that studio's output and uh, or that distributor's output but it's coming out June 9th, and I don't know much about the film from the trailer. The description, the little paragraph description you find online, it spills, like it, it sort of takes the vagueness of the trailer and fills in some of the details in a way that I, I think I know a little bit more what we're in store for. But it sounds like an intriguing movie, not like The Invitation exactly, but similar to what The Inv- Invitation kind of turns out to be in the sense that there's something going on in this house, and then there's a greater drama, a greater mystery happening outside, kind of that's, that's part of what's happening at the house. But it comes at night. Just I remember the first trailer. I don't know if you sent it or if you sent it, Ronald. But I know we we looked at it uh, and all kind of said it looked creepy and intriguing. And uh, I don't know. I'm always just ready for that that indie horror film that's going to be a well made, well acted film that is is going to have the the sort of true chops of someone who's playing in the genre and doing it well. I, I worry a little bit that it's going to be another one of those. This is the scariest film ever, and it's just <laughs> kind of mediocre. But we've also seen movies like Green Room and movies like that in recent years where there is some legitimate claim that this movie has its own, you know, dynamic and energy to it. So it seems to be just the story of like a vaguely post-apocalyptic scenario where these two families kind of converge on a farmhouse and how they how they negotiate <clears throat> survival between the two of them when there is this greater threat right. outside. So I don't really I don't really know what the greater threat is or what the movie's gonna depict, but it it seems it seems really good. So I'm putting my my June vote with 
It Comes at Night, which is also a really cool, creepy, old-fashioned horror movie title. Yeah, I love it. I love that title. I had a similar thing that you had, John. Like, It Comes at Night was initially on my June pick. But then another film that got moved from August to June kind of bumped up a little bit for me. Um, and that's Baby Driver. Yeah, um, that looks good. Isn't that interesting? So, you know, I don't know. I just, I think as being a fan of Edgar Wright and most of the people in the movie, or at least seeing that kind of combination of people in the movie, um, I think the trailer just plays incredibly well. The all, all the feedback that I've, you know, read from some of the conferences it showed at, like CinemaCon and, uh, I don't know, like South by Southwest or so, something recently. Um Trailer's awesome, and I'm really, really interested to see what Edgar Wright does next. And the fact that, like, my wife was super excited watching the trailer in the theater means that, like, we'll be able to probably go see it together and both be into it, which is a plus. And um, I think also, like, that kind of movie playing to her, like, she's kind of like the average movie person, like, doesn't know much about movies. Like, she knows enough just because we see so many, but, like, a movie like that playing, like, with not, I mean, like, Jamie Foxx is in it, but, like, not huge stars and a filmmaker that she does not know him by name. It's good that like a trailer like that can play. We saw it attached when we saw life in the theater and uh, she saw the trailer and she's like, Oh my God, that looks awesome. Like who, who is that? And that kind of play in a theater is a good thing, I think. And um, it just looks, it just looks awesome, man. It looks, it looks like drive, but like more action. And, um, a good cast and uh, I read that like a lot of the car stunts are done like practically, which is awesome to me. Like I, I love to see more of that. Like that one shot in the trailer where he kind of like drifts between the tractor or drifts between the, like the dump trucks that are parked in that alley. Like that is an awesome shot. And uh, apparently that's like a real stunt shot, um, which is really impressive. So I'm very excited to see baby driver. You know, for me, the most exciting thing about Baby Driver is that it's Edgar Wright, and I bet that means I will love it. The trailer, the trailer to me does not sell me a movie that I would go see if it weren't directed by Edgar Wright. But I don't doubt that that has a lot to do with I'm just not a car guy, just like kind of flatly across the board. The same thing happened with Drive. Like, it just didn't sound interesting to me. And then when I saw it, I was immediately smitten with by the visuals, and I was totally able to get into it. And I can enjoy the, um, you know, the sight of cars speeding around in a film. Uh, we're about to talk about a lot of those yeah. uh, <laughs> in our next episode. <laughs> so to me, I'm really intrigued by this, but it doesn't have its hooks in me yet outside of the fact that it is him, Edgar Wright. It's his first film in a while. And it's really his first film... Well, it's not his first film outside of the sort of Simon Pegg banner. I, I really loved Scott Pilgrim, and I don't remember if I don't remember if that movie hooked me from the trailer that much either, or if I just knew I was going to see a cool Edgar Wright film. So I fully expect it, and from what I hear about the movie and the device of how the music works with the movie, I bet that'll be really exhilarating. I don't doubt that Edgar Wright has put together something great. Something is bland about the actor that's the lead. Yeah, I, I could I could acknowledge that. Yeah. There's just something that doesn't hook me, but I agree. Seeing John Hamm playing a different sort of role, seeing Jamie Foxx, who you know can be really good in a film like this, and uh, Kevin Spacey again can be really good. All those elements, I'm intrigued by it. But for whatever reason, uh, 
it's it's not the movie even the name it's all everything about it it's kind of odd but i i've that has not stopped me from loving a movie in the past. It's so. it's it's usually a really good sign that a movie that was supposed to come out like in late August is is moved up to the you know middle of the summer. I was going to ask you if that's just a total confidence move, and in, in this movie can make more than we thought. You know, it, it really is. And and actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it was at CinemaCon that this was like either shown or sizzle reeled or something. That's where like all the exhibitors come and like the studios show the movies to like theater chains and things like that. And basically sell them on how great their movie will be. And I think there's a few articles out there that, like, based on, like, the reception from, like, the trailer and the showing it at that convention, that I think that they were a little more confident that they could, like, slot it in. I think I think a movie moved off of the date that it's coming out, but, like, they felt like they could put it in that last week or two weeks of June and, and maybe have a bigger hit on their hands and than them putting it at the end of the summer. But what about you, Ronald? What do you got? Uh, what month is this? June. Is June. 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 Okay, so um, this man <laughs> has become like Bob Marley when it comes to status on T-shirts and, and posters and things like that and references. But um, I'm very excited about his story being told, and that's Tupac. The All Eyes on Me movie that's coming out in June. That is my pick. Um, I like biopics, um, even though a lot of them are awful. Um, you know, somebody coming from Black Panther Party, his mom being in the Black Panther Party, and kind of the evolution of who he became in his untimely demise. <clears throat> Sorry, sounds like I was going to cry. <clears throat> <sighs> It seems like it's gonna be a really it's good very, movie. Very emotional pick for you. <laughs> very emotional pick for me. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. That is my pick for June. It's amazing how much he looks like Tupac Shakur. It's crazy. It, it's crazy. It, it's it, yeah. It's I I I don't I I don't know. It's like it's like it's like magic or voodoo or something happened. Yeah, it's like they did one of those Snapchat filters. Yeah. <laughs> It's weird, dude. It's weird. <laughs> it's very strange. The the I guess the question that everybody's wondering is is can he pull off the the charisma that Tupac had, and that's that's going to be really hard to pull off. But I, I'm I'm good with. I mean, so many people have stamped it as a pretty exciting movie. People that have already seen it uh, that I'm I'm pretty excited. So we'll see. Nice. Uh, <clears throat> All right, moving on to July. John, what are you looking at? Well, well, <laughs> I'm super excited to see what they're doing with this series because it's been great thus far, and that would be War for the Planet of the Apes on uh, July 14th. I just have, it's, you know, similar to, but different from the Guardians feeling you have of just being confident that it's going gonna, it's gonna to stick the landing because of, of how much you like the first one and how positive all the signs look. War for the Planet of the Apes has the same thing. Um, it, you know, the, the first one worked better than it should have. The second one worked better than it should have. So I'm ready for this one to really rope me into the story of, um, you know, the sort of inevitable failure to work together that's going to happen between the apes and the humans, which, uh, can't help, can't help but have like a poignant sort of heartbreaking element to it because we've seen Caesar go from this sort of innocent, lovable, uh, young chimp (laughs) who, uh, who just wants to, you know, hang out with his owner to being this guy who's now like a leader of his people. I think that's really fascinating. And um, I don't know if they intend to keep going. It almost seems like the story's going to get kind of thin if they want to keep going after this movie, but this movie feels like it could really take it to the brink of how it happens, how humanity is finally conquered. So 
I'm excited for it. And the visuals just look great. The 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 effects, the the, the creatures, everything about it is very uh, uh, you know, it feels like it's kind of top notch. Sort of quietly, one of these franchises that has been doing this really this really top notch job of of what it's trying <laughs> so, to do. So, War for the Planet of the Apes is also my July pick. I, I'm very excited for it. Everything John just said is exactly how I feel. Um, I was thinking about this, and you kind of just like hinted at it a little bit about this franchise. Can you like if this movie sticks to landing and is incredible, like it looks and like I feel like it's going to be? Is there like could you make a case that this is one of the best trilogies of film outside of like the Star Wars, the original Star Wars trilogy? That's a really good argument. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing about these movies is they're so goddamn solid. They're beautiful. They're well-told stories. And you would think that, you know, since the second one, didn't the second one have a different director? Uh, yeah, Matt Reeves. Um, I feel like, yeah, Who's Matt directing Reeves. the third one, yep, right? Yep, yep, yep. And you would have thought who's, that there who, would have been Who's doing some... the Batman next, by the way, Ronald? So after this, uh, isn't his next movie the Batman? Yeah, I think wow. so. Wow, 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 wow. Okay, so... Unless that project completely incinerates at some point. <laughs> <laughs> it might, though. It, it honestly might. But I was going to say, like, from the first to the second, um, I thought there was going to be a little drop-off in terms of quality. But no, it got better. It got more exciting. The world got more open. And in, in open in a way that there were more moving pieces and it still didn't feel like it lost its way. And I don't know how that's possible with so many things going on. Like there was a, there's a sense of chaos in these movies that didn't really occur in the original movies. Sure. That I think that there's a, a there's a beauty to that. Like I, I there's a sense of urgency in every movie that I really hadn't experienced with anything outside of human beings. And now that they mm-hmm. have these beautiful CGI characters, they're lit properly. They move pretty naturally. I don't know what the fuck they're doing over there, but they need some some people need to borrow that technology for some of their movies. But it looks incredible, and they they're pulling it off. And it's been a good amount of time that's passed, right? And it still looks gorgeous. You could look at the first one and still feel about the same as you do for the second one and the third one. They they there's no tapering off, which is kind of amazing. So, well, the the third one too. Like you've you know when they started showing footage from this and the little teaser trailers and stuff it's just like when i realized they had gotten to the point where the ape where you've got apes on horses with guns yeah i was like (laughs) they've done it they've gotten to the part you've got a a, the kind of chimp derived ape and the orangutan uh, derived ape alongside each other and they're going down the beach and they look like you just buy them as warriors or soldiers or totally you're not thinking about the absurdity of the situation at all and you're just like wow they did that in the space of a couple movies um, that thus far haven't really upended the continuity of the very first film. Now, I think after that first film, they got into some of the material that we've seen in these films, like with Caesar when he was just an ape and all that kind of stuff. But um, the general idea is that thus far they've really kind of still just set up what what we know from the other films. So, yeah, if Steve, if this turns out to have been a trilogy, which I just don't see how they leave it alone if it's the least bit successful, but if they do somehow leave it alone... It would be interesting that not only did it create its own arc and become this really solid trilogy, like you said, but that it also would uh, sort of not unseat the first film yeah. in in some strange conceptual way. That it doesn't tread the same ground story wise. That would be you know kind of a, a cool thing to pull off. Yeah, definitely. Um, is it my pick? Yeah, yeah. 
Okay. Um. So when I first heard about this movie at Comic Con and I heard the description. Breakfast Club meets Spider-Man. I thought, what the fuck are they talking about? How could that be done? That sounds stupid. And then I saw the trailer, and it all started to make sense to me. Um, I think that Spider-Man Homecoming has a rare opportunity to uh, make itself better than the previous iteration of the other other Spider-Man movies. Um, it seems to have a lot more heart. The characters seem to be a lot more dynamic. The integration, the borrowing of this character for this and and possibly other movies is pretty cool with Spider-Man because people had kind of fiend to see him in this world, this Marvel Disney world, and it looks like it might be happening in a way. Um, I'm super excited about this movie. Uh, they've shown one of the villains. They haven't shown the other. Um, and uh, it is played by, God, I'm having a craziest brain fart um michael keaton no no other guy uh, he was in uh season two of fargo and he's like one of my favorite actors uh, i don't Bo- know i can't Bo- remember Keen? his name right Bo-Keen now woodbine Bo-Keen woodbine yeah Bo-Keen woodbine being the shocker looks incredible like even just the, the still of it i'm very ready to see him in the the newer trailer that's going to come out towards yeah it's it's they're whipping something up over there that feels so good and off the off, right off the heels of Civil War, feels like the best move that they can make. Michael Keaton as a villain, playing a bird-like character. <laughs> I, I've always loved him, man. But there's something about. It, it seems like maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm just stating the obvious how his movie roles are kind of informed by his reality of playing different people. It's kind of like a like a, a joke within a joke. I think it's something kind of crazy about that, that he's reinvented himself and he's – I saw him and I got super excited. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm like, I need to see Michael Keaton as this crazy-ass villain. Accepting Michael Keaton as a villain is so much easier for me after seeing The Founder. Yeah. Oh, totally. That I'm really ready for him to be like a full-on villain because in that film he really kind of used his sort of steely edge – and I remember that from films, you know, he did occasionally do a sort of villainous turn. I think Pacific Heights, was that the movie yeah, where he harassed yep. uh, Matthew Modine and I'm not remembering, Melanie Griffith, I think. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so I, we've seen him play a kind of nasty guy before, but something about his kind of weathered look now and the way that he's a little older and he's aged into it. And I think that similar to the bright colors in Guardians, it feels like I saw someone do a side-by-side comparison of the teaser for Spider-Man Homecoming and the final trailer, and it was the same shot, but they showed in the final trailer, the colors looked like they had been jacked up, like that someone had just taken the knob. Oh, wow. But I think Spider-Man is set to be a fun movie, a big fun movie. Oh, yeah, definitely. All right, does that bring us to Auguste? It does. It does. Now, I have to say, <laughs> this is this is the month that once... once uh, it comes at night was bumped up to June. Then August just lost all of its integrity for me. There's really nothing much here for me, but, um, I mean, this is based purely on liking the cast and, and being a little bit interested in the fact that this director is sort of coming out of retirement to make this movie that might be fun, but my, I don't know. I don't know what to think of it, but Steven Soderbergh's film, Logan Lucky starring Channing Tatum and Adam driver. I'm sort of hoping that maybe it'll be, 
a worthwhile thing for Soderbergh to be doing. It sounds like a, a vaguely interesting story, but it also sounds like it could just be some kind of work for hire stuff. But, you know, August is usually a good time for a fun movie and a big funny sort of heist gone wrong film with Channing Tatum and Adam Driver playing, I think, brothers, if not relatives of some sort that are trying to pull off a heist. I could see that being, you know, a nice diversion. But that's all I got, man. That's a that's a sucky month. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. This, this month is uh, definitely rough. I mean, it, it is slim pickings. It's like... If one movie was to hit this month, like if, if any of these movies coming out like in the first two weeks could actually find some success, like they could hold on to the box office for the whole month, I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah, man. God, so tough. Like I guess all the movies that I was at least interested in are coming out that first Friday in August, on August 4th. And I guess the one that has me the most intrigued, mainly because I'm a big Stephen King fan, is The Dark Tower. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm absolutely n- preparing myself not to be shocked if it's horrible because, like, it just seems like this movie is destined to be horrible, like, with how much it's been pushed back and tinker, it's in, you know, like reshoots or re edits. I mean, it doesn't really bode well. And the fact that there's like no trailer yet at all for it, um, but you know, Stephen King material, I mean, The Dark Tower is a pretty exciting story and i'd be curious to see how they are even trying to bring it to the screen if at all in in one film like if that's possible or is it going to be like an anthology kind of thing or what but uh also i i usually get excited about anything that idris elba's in so i'm excited to see him in this um and and also matthew mcconaughey i mean it's a character that could be really awesome if he really gets it right so um again full disclosure as much as I'm excited to see it, it's 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 just as equal that I'm preparing that it's going to be horrible. <laughs> well, there's nothing there's nothing out there from it yet. You know, there's no footage. There's nothing to look at. That and that's that's bad. That's bad. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Well, well I think I think in the books it connects all of his stories too. You know, and 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 isn't there a television show being planned right now that does that as well in a different way? Isn't Castle Rock? Isn't that the idea behind that show? Yeah, it's like on Amazon or Hulu or something. Anyway, I just feel like maybe we're having a Stephen King kind of renaissance. It seems like the Stranger Things, when that came out, people talked about how much the logo looked like a Stephen King book and how the story had, you know, little marks of Stephen King. And now maybe we're just at a point where culturally we're going to we're gonna suck on that teat for a little while. I'm fine with it. I hope it is good. I hope this is good. I hope the Stephen King TV show is good. I like the guy. <laughs> Definitely. Ronald? Cool. Um... My final pick is a documentary, uh, Step, by um, Amanda Lippitz, the Broadway producer. Um, It's about some seniors and a step squad in Baltimore and their struggles to kind of find themselves and get themselves out of the situations that they're in living in Baltimore City. It looks incredible. Um, I've read incredible things about it. Apparently, it was... uh, pretty well received at Sundance uh Fox Searchlight picked it up and it's going to come out August 4th I was hoping that the Maryland Film Festival would have it but it didn't get announced in a documentary group maybe it'll be like a last night thing maybe they'll pick it up possibly hopefully um but it's it's a movie I'm really looking forward to so yeah I didn't know that was set in Baltimore I read about it a little bit but I somehow didn't catch that detail but that does sound really interesting and it looks you know those those types of documentaries, anything to do with kids, um, 
you know, it always it always tugs at your heartstrings. <laughs> Definitely. You should watch the trailer. It's really good. Another film that I'm very curious about that I guess it comes out in June. I just want to mention this as kind of an honorable mention, but uh, Kumail Nanjiani's film, The Big Sick, which is directed by Michael Showalter of The State and Wet Hot American Summer and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, it's co-written by Kumail Nanjiani and, and Emily Gordon, his his wife. It was supposed to come out in July. I think now it's coming out in June. It's just one of those indies that's floating around. And I haven't seen any footage from that either. And that's also odd for a film that might be just about to come out. Yeah, that's supposed to come out June 23rd, like limited. And then, like, I think July 14th wide. That's probably why I saw two dates. This has to be about him and his wife. Because his wife is, his her name is Emily Gordon. And her name is... The lead's name is Emily as well. I wonder if this is about. No, it's definitely it's definitely about that. No, yeah, it it, it's about them. It's about them. Oh, cool. But she doesn't play herself. Right, right. Yeah, I think Zoe Zoe Kazan. Yeah, it's supposed to be really good. I'm really looking forward to that too. It's um, I saw an interview with them where they were basically saying like it's about like the first year of their relationship together where they had been dating for like a few months, and really kind of just still getting to know one another, and she got really sick. Uh, to the point like where her family had to you know come and help and that was like his introduction to the family at this point that she was really sick and kind of having to get to know them without really even truly knowing her 100% yet but like to the point that he knew he wanted to help take care of her and that was like forcing a relationship with her family and it's supposed to be really good the dad the father-in-law is played by Ray Romano who I tend to love him when he's doing sort of a dramatic role he's a really he's actually a really great actor i think so i'm interested to see what he'll do in this kind of film yeah he's 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 great and holly hunter apparently like steals the movie as her mother oh wow yeah it's, it's gonna be great i'm sure that that's an example of one that was like bought by amazon that like Lionsgate is putting in theaters before it goes to amazon prime wow that is wow I, I, I want to throw out there real quick in august just in case anybody wants to see a, a great film in august since we don't know about these other ones uh, Terminator 2 Judgment Day is coming back in theaters August 25th okay. so if you want a sure thing I can't wait. you better get your ass in there and see that again yeah no I need to I need to I need to finally see that one <laughs> finally see what the hubbub is all about with this Terminator fellow <laughs> <laughs> and this oh, I think his so name good. is James so Cameron is that his name the director yeah <laughs> sounds like an interesting humble guy <laughs> yeah. right he has another small film called like Evader I think it's called Evader or something like that. Is that his adaptation of the Smurfs that I heard was so controversial? <laughs> he basically just ripped the Smurfs off. He kind of combined the, the Smurfs, right, and right. I don't know if you remember the Swoofs. They were like the more tribal, <laughs> I'm sure, offensive Smurfs if I were to see them now. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that's it, man. That's, uh, I mean, there, there's a few other ones that were across the summer, like, you know, that I'm just more curious to see. Like, I'm very curious. To see what the mummy is, like that just looks like it is. I don't even understand. I don't even know. That's such a weird thing to pay. The trailers have been so weird. And uh, uh, interested in Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk. Um, just always interested to see what he puts out. That's in July. And um, a guy that we've kind of that we slash I have been like kind of interested in over the past couple years, uh, Taylor Sheridan who wrote Sicario and Hell or High Water it has a film coming out in August that he wrote and directed called Wind River. Yeah, with Jeremy Renner, right? Jeremy Renner and Elizabeth Olsen. It's like a murder mystery. Um, 
drama that looks or that's supposed to be really good. So I'm curious to see what that what that looks like too. Also, although this is an April film, but uh, Free Fire, I'm interested in that. I think that you will like that film, John. Did you see it? I did see it. Cool, and and, and, and I enjoyed it. It's better than High Rise. <laughs> it's it's. It's way, it's interesting. It's way better than High Rise. Like it's, it, it verges on, for me at least, it verges on being like really good. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think that it gets there, but there's a lot of the movie that I really like though. Like it, it's, it's worth checking out for sure. I think you, I think you dig it. Yeah. The, yeah, for the, anyone the, out there listening that doesn't know who, which director we're talking about, we're talking about uh, Ben Wheatley. Ben Wheatley, yeah. Who did that film and, and a lot of, uh, the Kill List in particular and Sightseers are two of his that I love, but it's, the the biggest criticism or the biggest negative thing I'll say about the movie is that for a movie that's like 90, 95 minutes, it it felt like it kind of dragged at parts. And that's mm-hmm. not good like when it takes place in one location with like a big gun shootout taking place the entire movie. But yeah. but there are enough characters in this film to kind of keep you in it that that's what saves the movie for me. Is that there's enough of a variety of uh, interesting characters and, and character actors that you're used to seeing in a lot of stuff that really have an opportunity to like kind of be interesting and uh, yeah, it's fun. I think you'll dig it. Is it a better movie for Brie Larson than uh, Kong Skull Island was? Honestly, no. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> That's too I don't. Bad. I don't know. I, I didn't want to get too much into it, but like, I I don't know that I'm like on the Brie Larson train. Like, I like her, and like, I think she's great in Room. I really liked her in um, uh, what was that indie film with like the youth center that she was in? Oh uh, yeah, I know the one, but I don't yeah, know the name. I can't remember the name of it. Um, but I don't know. Like between Kong and this, like I don't. I don't. She's definitely. I think she's better in this than Kong, but it doesn't do anything more for her. Like it. it it's almost mm. like th- th- this. This is not like a Brie Larson movie, I guess. You know, or like yeah. she doesn't. She doesn't add or carry this film at all. If anything, it's more of the supporting. Like the guy. It's such a big cast that there really isn't like a lead per se. I guess it may be her, but like Killian Murphy and Army Hammer and. Shoto Copley and um, even Jack Rayner has a role in it that he's he's actually really good in it and really interesting and funny as hell. So, um, yeah, it's definitely worth checking out, and I think you would be definitely be into it. Um, before we before we finish up, I wanted to just point out, like I said earlier, that over these months, there's like three, I believe, uh, Netflix films, original Netflix movies coming out. Um, in May, there's the War Machine film with Brad Pitt. And mm-hmm. June, I guess it's pronounced Okja or Okja with uh, Tilda Swinton and Jake Gyllenhaal um, on Netflix coming out. And what else? And then I think in August, they have that one called Death Note. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, almost every month. I love Death Note. There might be something in July the that cartoon. they still announce. But, like, you know, each month they have, like, an original film produced that, you know, could have easily been released in a theater. But somebody can sit at home and watch on a Friday night the day it comes out. That is cool. Yeah, man. Well, that's it, man. We'll, we'll, we'll look at the end of this summer and say, we'll look back on this and see, you know, like we always do, and, and see where we were if we if we loved or if any of these films make our end of the year list. But... 
You know, um, we should actually keep a tally of if if we even watch the film that we picked because I know that's run uh, that's happened with me a couple times where I have not seen a film w- as soon as I could, you know, that I picked and I know I think Ronald did that a couple times was like recommend a movie and then didn't see it. We should make sure it'd be great if we had kept tra- track of all of our picks so that we could uh we could call <laughs> ourselves accountable for them all just to say like okay, you 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 picked this film. What do you think? Totally. But um, mm-hmm. I, I fully expect some of these indie films whose name I just saw in a list that I don't know what they are, for some of those to be great, too. I just have no idea yet what they are. But I think sure. it ended up being a more eclectic list than I was I was thinking. I was thinking every single thing we talked about was going to be a franchise film, and it wasn't quite. So. Good, good, <laughs> good, good. good. <laughs> all, right, all right, cool. We defied the odds. That's, uh, that's the summer preview 2017 from Movie Schmovie. Like uh, we teased last time and John mentioned, I think the next episode we will – as promised, get to our Fast and the Furious breakdown. Uh, the big two-parter. <laughs> and that'll be really interesting um, to, to go through, oh, yeah. so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah, I haven't gotten to the good one yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, otherwise, you can hit the Facebook uh, or MovieShmovie.com. We're on Podbean is uh, where we host our site and our podcast. Uh, you can find us on iTunes. Uh, pretty much most places you can get a podcast, we should be there. But um, if you do subscribe to us through iTunes, if you can leave us a, a rating or a star review or, or whatever uh, you have time to do, we'd appreciate it. And uh, yeah, just share the love. Tell some people, tell some friends about us if you listen to us. It would it would it would be appreciated. Um, cool. Please do. Yeah, do it. Um, what else? Yeah. Otherwise, as always, uh, you made our day. Take care. Bye.